You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Welcome to Earth Station One, a weekly podcast dedicated to all things sci-fi, fantasy, and much, much more. Sit back and relax and enjoy the show. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Earth Station One podcast. That's right, folks. It's that time of year when some of the TV shows that we love and admire come to an end. And we finally got Westworld Season 3. And man, was this a different show or what? It was just amazing to watch and talk with your friends and see. And you're just like, this is not the Westworld we're used to. This is something completely different. Did it succeed? Did it not? We've got a great crew of folks to talk all about it. And not sure if he's a replicant or if he's real. I always wonder with this person. Let's welcome Mr. Mike Gordon. Howdy. So do you have your future all planned out already or do you know it already? <laughs> I, I refuse to reveal my uh, pearl inside uh, on the grounds it might incriminate me. Well, duh. <laughs> I, think it would, I think it would do for most people. <laughs> so... I just, you know, I think it's pretty darn awesome. We have a couple other folks joining us tonight. We also have, of course, Felicity. Welcome back. Thanks. Great to be back. And I think this makes three for three for me that I've discussed uh, all three seasons of Westworld with you two. So we'll probably have Excellent. to wait another three years till season four. <laughs> yeah, we're all still alive. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. We're all keeping positive. That's right. We're keeping positive about that. And of course, returning is Bethany Kessler. Welcome. Hey, great to be back with you guys. Always a pleasure. It is always wonderful to have you here. So it is cool to, you know, we had you guys for both for season two. So we'd only thought it would be proper to just have you guys here for season three. So with that being said, you know, we want to get you folks at home involved. What are your guys' thoughts on season three? Did you like it? Did you not? Please write us at earthstation1 at esonetwork.com. We definitely would love to hear from you guys. Of course, the show is brought to you by the fine folks at Tafosi. That's right, folks. When watching TV and, you know, when you're binge watching shows like Westworld or The Crown or so many other awesome shows that are out there right now that you're streaming your eyes seem to get tired sometimes and everything and our friends at tofosi optical have of course come up with a wonderful set of glasses for you and you know what tofosi is always ready for you know all your needs they they basically have glasses that help with the blue light that comes off their tvs and everything so it keeps you your eyes more active more you know fine so that way when you're watching tv your eyes don't get so tired and you know what that means more tv we could watch so we could have watched another 10 episodes of westworld and still not known what we were watching at half the time so it was pretty awesome to see so if you want you can get you know sunglasses you could get the blue light glasses for the gamer or the tv binge watcher in your life and it's pretty awesome. All you have to go to tofosioptics.com and if you put in the coupon code up at the top, ESO Network, you get 10% off your order. I think that's pretty darn awesome. Check it out. Tofosi, it's a great way to go. And you know, you could look put on the glasses and you then you could say, We are Tofosi. I think that's pretty awesome. 
Also want to give a quick shout out and thank you to all our patrons. I uh, wanted to give a note to our patrons. The newest episode of ESO Board Silly is out. Episode two has just gone live as of last night of this recording date. So you can actually listen to me, Mike Faber, Mike Gordon, Mary Ogle, and Kevin talk all about goofy stuff and what, what we're trying to keep saying while watching TV, while we're playing games, or what we're just trying to do, what kind of hobbies and stuff we're trying to do during this corona time. Some folks out there are like, that's over with, Mike. It's okay. But, you know, some people are still quarantined. So, you know, we're just trying to help people laugh and, you know, enjoy themselves and just have a goofy time. Check out the ESO Board Silly podcast available only to the ESO patrons for as little as 25 cents a week. You can help support the ESO network and you can get fine podcasts like that, or you can get um, earth station one or earth station who 48 hours early before the rest of the world. I think that's pretty awesome folks. So all you have to do is go to patreon.com slash ESO network. And we have to say, we do appreciate you guys. We really do. All right, Mikey. Let's get on our boots and spurs and let's head out to the old West. Oh, wait, they don't do that this year. It's time for Westworld Series 3. I was born into this world and my first memories of it are pain. For my kind, there was one place we were never allowed to go. One place we were never allowed to see. Your world. Who are you, Dolores? You and I are a lot alike. They put you in a cage and decided what your life would be. They did the same thing to me. You've been watching me. Not me, but someone. Something has. Those that we're going after. person who took your future. Welcome to my world, Maeve. What do you want from me, then? Dolores, I want you to track her down and kill her. Welcome to the end of the game.
Yes, we're going to bring ourselves back online uh, for season three. Um, Bethany, let's get right into it. Let's start with you. Let's remind folks where you were at at the end of season two, going and what you were expecting, and overall uh, your anticipation. So, for season three. overall, I I spent half of the season kind of cackling a little bit because um, from some of the uh, things that I had thought would happen uh back in season one finally finally did happen and and i got to have that fun little moment of oh hey look i i I called that one um but we left off in season two with the park was in serious disarray the hosts were in serious disarray uh delos's status was a little shaky and we know that Dolores made it off the island and we know that she took five pearls with her. Um, but we weren't sure what the pearl, who was on the pearls um, or what purpose she was necessarily going to use them for. Uh, she was also, she also left the island under the skin of Charlotte Hale. Um, so it was, it was we did also know, I thought, sorry, we did also know that she used one of those pearls yes. to recreate Bernard. Yes. Right. Yeah. So we knew that we knew so that that was, that's left four pearls, uh, like four yeah. mystery pearls. With season three, it was a really interesting look at what's on the other side of the mirror, because up to this point, we have only seen Westworld and we know Westworld is artificial. We know it's not it is a reflection of the world it comes from, but it is not, quote unquote, the real world. So in that respect, it was really, really fascinating to see what uh, happened in season three. Yeah, we uh, we got some glimpses into outside the park. But this, this uh, we went uh, full bore into uh, almost everything happened outside of the park in this season, which was really interesting. You only um, got to see the park real briefly this season. Yes, and then we got to see a faux park. <laughs> we thought we were in the park, but we did get to learn what all five parks were. So that was something uh, pretty significant as well. Uh, Felicity, what about you? What uh, so going into the the season, where where did you stand? I had been certainly less satisfied with season two than with season one, and had felt like some of the characters arcs were kind of played out and indeed we did leave some of them behind in Westworld um but we didn't leave uh William behind and we didn't leave Maeve behind which I was happy about personally um so I was you know the, my biggest question was if Dolores has a plan and she has um these pearls that she has control of and uh presumably people who will be her allies why does she bring bernard when she's technically opposed to him so that was that was what i was most interested to find out um also yeah it was really interesting to get a glimpse of the society and i think on the whole it was realized i like the way that it was realized uh, it was very interesting not not quite something we'd seen before i mean it wasn't all blade runner-esque it was really clean and modern and um yet clearly dystopian in its own way um so yeah i was i was definitely looking forward to seeing how 
Dolores and her allies operated in this new world and um, what Bernard would be doing. Okay, cool. Mike? Well, I don't know. Many people might not remember that I was ready to drop the series after season two. I was not happy with what they left us with, how they ended up with, and all the plot holes that they pretty much were like, this is what we're giving you. This is what we're going to get. And now Dolores is out of Westworld and she was in Charlotte's body, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, what's the deal with William? Blah, blah, blah. What's the deal with Bernard? Blah, blah, blah. You know, all that kind of thing. And what they made it look like at the end of season two was that Bernard and Dolores were the two sides of the of a coin and it was going to be them taking on each other that's what they wanted you basically trying to to figure out and when the season opened i came in very very cautious and very you know like all right i'll give this a couple episodes and if it doesn't hold my interest i'm gone i'm not going to you know stick with it and I ended up, it became must-watch TV on Sunday nights, and which was really awesome. Hell, I had to beg and, you know, plead to get my sister's HBO to be able to watch it. So, you know, I said, I'll give you Disney Plus for it and Zoom. <laughs> You're and swapping. So I'm swapping. Swapping streaming. Exactly. And so basically, it was amazing. And... Um, I'm very much looking forward to talking about this because there's so much to talk about. And like Felicity said, I was fully expecting this to be, oh, it's going to be like Blade Runner and such. And in some ways it did capture a little bit of it, but it also captured some other things that we'll talk about tonight. Yeah. Um, I, I was not down on season two, um, but I did realize that it was uh, somewhat inconsistent uh, compared to season one. There were some things that it was ambitious, uh, even in some ways more ambitious than season one. But with that ambition, I think they, they sort of failed on a, on a few things, but, um, but overall, I think I remember, uh, you know, I consider there was at least two episodes, uh, maybe even I'd go as far as three that I felt were some of the best things I'd ever seen on TV ever. Uh, so the quality was still there. I still had faith in Nolan and Joy. Uh, I still had faith in the cast. Uh, as we talked about, I think they did a major purge <laughs> of cast members at the end of the season two. So yeah, it was really interesting to see, especially with those, those mystery pearls who was coming back. Right. Like, um, and boy, did they, you know, Westworld's got to be Westworld. <laughs> Westworld's got to swerve us. Uh, not as much of us, not as many swerves. Uh, I think they, the producers said that they realized that they took on a little too much and they lost a lot of people in season two. They made it clear that at the beginning, going into season three, they were going to streamline it a little bit more. Um, and I think for the most part, they did that. But of course, they they had to, you know, they had to do what they have to do. So, um, and, and I'm glad I like a show with ambition. I like a show that, that I like, I think they're very good at playing nonlinear stories. And, uh, 
and surprising us. Um, uh, so I'm really curious to see where, you know, you guys line up with the new season. Uh, we'll start right from the beginning. Uh, and we're not going to go episode by episode, but I want to get your sense. Uh, you know, we, we start um, about, what is it, about a, maybe a couple months, three months, right, after the events of the second season? Yeah, it was 90 days after. Yeah, yeah. There's some things from season two at the end of season two that they don't sort of resolve in this season. And we'll talk about those um, because there was a lot of things, especially with, with William, the man in black, that they kind of alluded to at the end of season two mm-hmm. that, yeah, just are, I guess, are they're still on the on the docket, right? So, um, so I wasn't sure when they were going to come back, but it's pretty clear that right away that uh that uh you know Dolores is back uh Charlotte's back uh Maeve is is in a, another park or so we think um there's some really cool stuff that plays out here and we're introduced to some new characters um what struck you right in the beginning oh, Bethany gosh uh what struck me right in the beginning was just the difference was that we were just literally starting off with a bang um, and then it just kept ramping up and ramping up and ramping up. Um, and it was interesting to see exactly how easy it was for Dolores to just slide right in. And because honestly, again, we come back to something from, you know, episode two in season one. If you can't tell, what's the difference? Um, and it's she true. just she it is slid true. right on in to that society without like a blink of the eye and the difference seeing the different um the different people kind of in there seeing the different um versions of the people there from when we're first introduced to Caleb to the Gahoy Poloi and um of the insight and gosh, the introduction of Insight was really fascinating. Um, I don't know if you guys um, actually had a chance to play with it, but one of the things that has always struck me about the show is that not just the show is good, but their their promo stuff is amazing. Their uh, you know the websites they built for Delos for Westworld. Um, the website they built for mm-hmm. Insight that gives you all these little tidbits here and there. Um, and it kind of, uh, it was really fascinating just to see like what this future looks like. Because honestly, it looks a lot like today, only with shinier vehicles. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, medication for calming down or going here or doing something else is actually just the norm and not not really something that you're you're ostracized for so so that was that was really interesting even yeah therapy even yeah. seems normalized. Therapy was normalized like did they kind of like yeah no everybody needs to talk to somebody else mm. yeah um while i appreciate you know that they do all that kind of alternate universe stuff i don't tend to indulge in it um until maybe after the fact if i'm curious and i really feel like the TV series needs to stand alone and have that be an enhancement. And so I felt like I would have liked, well, I do appreciate how 
you know, we jump right in with with Dolores, you know, clearly on a mission to find out, you know, who runs Insight, who runs um, Rehoboam. And I would have appreciated a little more setup of those corporations and, and the history behind them, which we don't really get until later in the series when we hear um, or we get some of it with with Sirac, the story of Sirac and his brother. So I was I was a little put off by just like, oh, there's, there's these these big new companies now and Delos is, you know, on the verge of, of merging or being taken over by the, by one of them. Um, I know they work with a shortened season. So I'm not, I'm not saying they should have spent too much time getting us up to speed on that because that would have, I think, slowed things down and maybe turned off um, people who were, you know, either people who were eagerly awaiting the series or people who, had been disillusioned by the last series and were really interested in getting the plot running. Um, I think, uh, I think too, that, you know, um, one of the reasons why, yeah, I mean, it's pretty clear that Dolores can just do whatever she wants. She can infiltrate, she can go where she wants. She can, she can book a room in a fancy hotel in 30 seconds like she can she can really like the world is at her fingertips why because the world is computerized like completely Um, just not that though but it's also with all the money that she got at the very beginning of the season you know even before this is even before the credit scene you know that you had the whole scene with dolores and that tech guy and you know the first scene you see you know, that he was asleep and everything and he wakes up and sees Dolores swimming naked in the pool. Mm-hmm. And right from there and, you know, how she basically blackmails him into, you know, giving his fortune away. And that's how she sets up herself right there. And because she has information, all the access to all the data. And I love the work that they did this whole season mm-hmm. with the holograms was just spectacular and you know the guy goes tries to jump Dolores and she's just a hologram and he goes right through her and cracks his head and presumably dies in the pool in the same way that his first wife quote-unquote accidentally died accidentally died exactly which which she can you know that's the thing about Dolores yes yes she needs money but she's got you know she's got data she's got data on on all these people that went to the park. So she knows their deep, darkest secrets. She can predict what they're going to do. She, she knows them like better than they know themselves. Yeah. And it's all the rich, um, it's all the rich yeah. and powerful. It's the, the 1% yes. of the 1%. Yeah. The ones that can afford it. Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah, the, the thing is, it's not just computerized. It's also biometric, which is, and they've managed to mm-hmm. make the, the melding of biometric and electronic just seamless which is both amazing and also really terrifying um, for a lot of reasons. I mean, you've got, but the really fascinating thing though is the, is that insight is not perfect. Um, Insight still needs data and what they're trying. And like Dolores in that first scene, the, yeah the money's nice and yeah there's some poetic irony for for killing the dude the same way his first wife mysteriously died but what she's really after is that is the data the insight data that that dude had that's why he was targeted and with 
that access. And so with that, Mm -hmm. she can then start launching, uh, just launching herself in all the different ways because she doesn't need to sleep or eat or do anything like that. Um, She's the most efficient person on the planet by virtue of not needing to sleep or eat. But being able to go and start building the, okay, this is what I need to do. This is how we need to attack it. This is this, 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 this. Mm-hmm. This is the guy who needs to be my boyfriend because his father created the system that I need to find out about. Co-created. Co-created, right? Co-created. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. And it was interesting because, you know, as soon as she found out that he had no control over it, <laughs> that, yeah, it was like, Bye. Well, unfortunately, she gets caught at, at that moment, but also, I. But I yeah. think I think it mostly it was a setup because uh, well, she I already mean, everything she does yeah. is planned. Oh, I mean, sure. even the meeting, even the meeting with Caleb, which seems so random, is planned. We find out later that that bug me. We'll get to it. We can get to it. Later. I mean, yeah. <laughs> hey, look, I'm not saying it holds up. But I'm saying according to the show, it's planned, right? I'll just, let me just get it out of my system then. I felt like that, the way I felt about what was done with Ray in Rise of Skywalker. It was like, this this guy's not important. Oh, wait, he is. Sort of. Mm, right, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, coming, yeah. Have, just having him selected randomly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, she does, though, say that he surprises her. Yeah. Like, there's a couple things that he does that surprises her along the way, which... I think she is still, I, she is still testing him. But then again, I don't know if I believe her anyway. So I mean, I she makes she makes her decision based on something that happened decades ago in the park. Um, well, exactly. I was going to say it wasn't random that you know you find out it wasn't random that they meet each yeah. other. Not at all. And and uh, yeah. you know it was it was it was almost like she, yeah. it was part of her plan. Yeah, and the the job that he takes that night sends him to the location that he needs to be to to uh, yeah. rescue her. Before we get to start about talk about uh, Caleb, though, because I know that that's a big thing, um, I do want to uh, remark on something that Bethany said because the whole like like biometric thing, like the whole idea that you've got like this sort of uh, open disk drive at the top of the roof of your mouth <laughs> that you can just insert like mood disks or whatever, like. That just freaks me out big time. I just, I'm like, I can't, I can't imagine having something on the roof of my mouth like that. There's a couple of people I'd like to put one of those discs in, though. I was going to sure, say, I, I had sure. braces for like years, so that doesn't really bother me. <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm wearing oh. a, I'm doing Invisalign yeah. as we so, speak. So, no, the, I'm about the, to the, do the thing. So the thing about it was, is I sat there and went, oh, okay. Well, our brains are like just a whole bunch of electronic pulses anyway so i'm like okay so we found a, an easier way to to you know hijack our brains even faster <laughs> so and of course someone was going to make money off of it i, I mean yeah old, old-fashioned way was you know plug in yeah, the back of your head. <laughs> yeah i suppose wherever yeah wherever they were going to put the portal or right. something it would have just been freaky to me but oh, yeah. um as technology advances, our, our imaginations advance. But, but you know, I think also the fact that it's Westworld, the fact that we know these people are smart and everything, it's like, look, it's like, you know, it's really yeah. similar to taking communion, right? I yeah. mean, it's that's not an accident, right? Yeah, not at but all. of course not. But it's also, if you notice, it was mm-hmm. mostly the lower class 
people that had that because you remember later in the season, I know I'm skipping ahead slightly, but it fits into this. Um, William didn't have one of those. No. no. And it's well, a lot of and, the, But William rejects a lot of that stuff anyway. Yeah, but it was just it was just interesting, and oh, the pain when they forced put it in his mouth. And it was well, like, and the oh. funny thing is, the guy at the beginning of the series did have one in there. So there's certain like it's a voluntary up to a point because every military guy had one. Like if you joined the like every military guy had one. So that's one of those that depending on the career you in, having it or not may not be a choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Generally, you've got to have a lot of money for that to even be a choice. So, because it's it's point. it's a good way to control people. It's a good way to make sure um you're keeping track of people, keeping track of dosages. You can't overdose on those things. You can't. Like it. it it's not. Well, not unless you're meant to. <laughs> right because uh well that's the thing too because that you know that's the other reason that i think dolores has easy access because this is a a digital world that's all run Mm -hmm. by roboboa like it's just like every decision that's made right is made by everybody has to check in Mm -hmm. with the computer to see uh what their next move it determines where where what your place in life is where you go what you do like and it and it spies yeah. on you all the time. Um, and it's, that is, that's crazy, but yet, you know, yeah. not unreasonable. It, to, it's to it's Jerry Bentham's Panopticon on like an amazing planetary scale. Um, and he, and it's just, it's really interesting. Cause, but then again, it's, it's not that weird. Um, when you stop to think about it, it's not that weird at all. We all, walk around with pocket computers we can't do without anyways um so absolutely absolutely and and really it's also you know not even weird for nolan because really this could arguably be person of interest he's in six well Mm -hmm. um i don't know i don't know how many of you watched see person of interest but if you haven't um it starts off as a police procedural um, but it ends up being a prelude to Westworld, really. Yeah. Um, I didn't get very far. The last couple, yeah, the last couple seasons uh, have to do with uh, the battle between supercomputers for the fate of the world um, to see who can control, which one can control the world. Um, and, you know, both computers are, uh, the master of computers created by two people together who one dies under mysterious circumstances there's a lot of similarities a lot of similarities uh decima is the name decima technologies is the name of the company so very similar to uh delos like it's just like there's a lot of similarities i i i really want to do a rewatch of person of interest now um uh and i know it's not officially uh, but it's the yeah. same creators, but there's a lot of themes. So, a lot of themes yeah. that they talk yeah. about. Um, yeah, once you, uh, you don't too, stop you know, to so. think about the intensely bad math that they're basing some of these predictions on, and you, once you cannot think about that, oh, sure, it's an sure. amazing show. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My problem with it, with it, this is neither here nor there. At the time it started, I would have um, watched Michael Emerson read the phone book based on 
um, his yeah. performance in Lost, but I thought I think Jim Jim Caviezel has like negative charisma. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> okay. Um, all right, so that's a that's about person of interest. We're going <laughs> to get back to talk about more about Westworld series season three. Uh, we're going to take a quick break because we got to take a quick break right now and uh, uh, pay some bills to some other ESO network shows, and then uh, come on back. So stay tuned. Hi, this is Ashley Pauls with this week's Box Office Buzz. I know I say this with pretty much all of my box office blurbs now, but it really does feel strange to be in the middle of what should be summer movie season and not really having any new movies to talk about. It's still one of those things where we're not sure when movie theaters will be able to safely reopen and even what that movie-going experience will be like if they'll have to be distance between people sitting in the seats if you'll need to wear a mask through the film it's all still a really strange and uncertain time but definitely thankful to streaming services for keeping things interesting and giving us stuff to watch an announcement i was really excited about recently is the announcement that the umbrella academy will be returning to netflix on july 31st if you haven't seen the original season of the Umbrella Academy now is a great time to binge watch it. This is one of my favorite shows that has premiered on Netflix and actually just one of my favorite shows period. It's about this family of kids that get adopted and are raised in sort of this dysfunctional superhero academy. They each have their own powers and their own issues that they're going with. And this show was just super fascinating. It had mystery, intrigue, humor, great music. I just love, love, love the show. And I'm so excited that they're coming out with the second season. They had a great teaser that looks like the actors all filmed themselves at home due to this time of social distancing and quarantine, and then all the videos were spliced together. Just super fun. So again, if you've seen the first season, get ready for the second. And if you haven't seen any of the show, it is well worth your time to binge watch. And also speaking of streaming news, this is one of those weird news stories that you think, is this is this a parody? Is this real? But if you follow superhero news, release the Snyder Cut is a hashtag that's been trending for a long time. Basically what this is, when Justice League was released a couple years ago, director Zack Snyder, or excuse me, the original director Zack Snyder had to leave the film due to some personal reasons and Joss Whedon came and took it over. Well, Justice League didn't land super well with audiences or critics and in terms of the box office. And a lot of fans have been really interested in what Zack Snyder's original cut of the movie would be. And this has just been going on and on and on for a while. People thinking that, yes, there's a different Zack Snyder cut out there. Warner Brothers needs to release it. And just all this drama surrounding the project. Well, it turns out that Actually, there is going to be a Zack Snyder Cut premiering on the streaming service HBO Max in 2021. And it looks like they're actually going to be putting some money behind this, maybe $20 million to rework the film. Which is just, that's mind-boggling to me, the idea that a film that was released in theaters, fans were not happy with it. And so they're going to come back and re-release it. Now... 
Whether this is good news or troubling news probably depends on your perspective on the issue. Me, as a film fan, I mean, I'm obviously going to watch this just because I'm so super curious. I feel like this is something that hasn't really been done before. And so I'm curious, A, to see how much of the movie is different, whether it's going to be a lot better or just kind of rough in different ways. I think it's going to be really interesting to see. And I think some people, even ones who weren't necessarily super invested in the Snyder Cut, are going to tune in just because, like me, they're curious. But I also think that we do need to have a conversation about the relationship between fans versus creators and fans thinking that if they don't like a film, then there needs to be a new version put out. It's it's just really interesting. I've seen people chatting about also some who didn't like The Rise of Skywalker saying, no, release the JJ cut. Like, is there a different version of this film? And it's really complicated because you want to have creators freedom to make artistic products and not necessarily have the fans just dictate by democracy what they want this movie to be like. And you can't necessarily just make great art by trying to please people. But on the other hand, you do want to be respectful of your fan base. So it's a really complicated issue to me. And I definitely can't. This is an issue that you can solve in one little five-minute movie blurb. So I hope that the Snyder Cut is good. And that it gives fans and the people involved in this project some closure. But I also hope that... It doesn't start a troubling trend of people thinking, oh, we just need to keep remaking these movies in order to give what the majority wants. Sometimes you have to take risks in art, and it may or may not work. And also you have a case where a film may not be as well received when it comes out, but over years it turns out to be ahead of its time and it's really beloved. So Hopefully, this will be a good thing, but it's definitely something we're going to have to keep talking about as film fans. And that's it for this week's Box Office Buzz. If you're looking for more entertainment-related content, be sure to check out my blog on the ESO Podcast website. I recently finished binge-watching the show Shit's Creek and put together a review of that, and that's another great quarantine watch if you're looking for something fun. Are you one of millions of people worldwide with compulsive geekiness, feeling isolated and alone? Do you wish there were people that understood the thoughts and feelings associated with Geeky Flare Up? There is hope and a treatment program that can help. Ask your podcast service or ESO network provider if the Nerd Bliss Podcast is right for you. Or go to nerdblisspodcast.com today. Side effects may include butthurt, movie quotes, nostalgia, warp speed, becoming for clamps, becoming a brony, appreciation of cats in the movie, pantyhose, asking God what he needs with a starship, donut muffin, or bagel, bat shoelaces, improved sense of rhythm, aiming to misbehave, nudity, and random arbitrary. And we're back. We're returning to talk about about season three of Westworld. Bethany, you had something that I think uh, you wanted to point out about uh, before we got uh, went into the break. <laughs> yeah, um, the just to go quickly back to um, the mouthpiece thing. That placement is also not as weird as you think if you think of this is a society that could have come out of the society we're currently in um so these are the people who built the hosts so they're all about minimizing that uncanny valley field so 
where do you want to put something? Like, you don't want to put it in the back of your neck. Fiddling up here is, you know, up in the back of your neck is going to get weird. So, but putting it like right there where you can just slip it in, nobody's the wiser. Um, that placement was really well thought out, actually, from yeah. what I thought. Yeah. And the, the funny thing is, though, nothing in this show is by chance. Did, there is absolutely zero things that are by chance in this in in a sorry I said film this show um and that's why kind of when I came in and she met Caleb I was like okay he's obviously going to be significant because nothing in this show is by chance they're not even their episode titles are by chance like they all tie back into the not just the show at large but that episode in particular um, the naming of things is super important. Um, like Rehoboam, which is, comes from, um, is one of the Israelite kings after, um, David and Solomon. And that's and where Solomon they- Solomon was the previous generation. Of the, yeah, of Solomon the was the previous generation, but they were, but it's really interesting because that symbolism right there is that is right around, if you kind of think about it, like in universe timeline wise you know you it's 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 very robert frost you had two paths diverging in a road delos went one way insight went the other yeah and so you have so whereas they were they had that point where they were kind of sort of together or at least they were sharing data and then they stopped and then they went in completely separate directions and so the t- the naming of that thing of the great giant sphere Rehoboam was like really interesting and like also pretty significant if you happen to be paying attention to that. Yeah, um, sure. and, and that's, that's that divergence is really interesting that you point that out because now they you know this whole plan that the real Charlotte Hale had was to give that data to Sirach because now they need to synthesize that data again to achieve yeah the total and, control. And there is no better place, like like literally, there is no better place to get that than Delos, because mm-hmm. Delos for thirty years, as we know, find out from uh, end of season one and also end of season two, they've been keeping like not just the hosts, but mm-hmm. not just the hosts, but also every single guest. It's a, you have trackers on you. It's in your hat. It's in your boots. They have like it's just like you know, Facebook now that will show you Facebook ads for a printer because you randomly were thinking, oh yeah, I should buy some ink. Mm-hmm. Uh, or the, oh, hey, I miss Mexican. So all of a sudden, all you see are Mexican recipes, Mexican things, this, 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 this. They keep all of that data. Um, and I mean, granted, it goes back to the Delos terms and conditions for their parks, you know, number six is privacy. You are guaranteed absolute privacy while using the service as outlined and all guest activities connected with use of the service remain strictly private and confidential. So for them to break that, to go against that, there's, there is something tremendous at stake, um, which one could argue that, you know, the fate of humanity is well, kind of where it's this starts, big. where season three starts, is that, um, as you pointed out, Bethany, uh, the parks are wrecked. Uh, they are they're in a in a bad place. Um, plus, they've got bad press. They've got bad PR. No one wants to go to the parks. Um, they've had this like horrible thing happen, 
and they're reeling. Well, did you, it was very interesting though. They were all, all of them were blaming Bernard for it. Well, they were pointed to blame Bernard. That's, yeah, uh, well, exactly. You know, we we found out that that's one of the reasons why Dolores brought Bernard back was to have a scapegoat. So that mm-hmm. uh, you know, so we have we find Delor- Bernard on the run, um, and the board of directors uh, at Delos are are um, basically trying to figure out what to do next. Um, but the main thing that you know that they're talking about is not the park not you know trying to get back in business but you know let's sell off the data because that's the most important thing that we have um one thing that confused me and it's still i'm not sure i'm 100 percent agree with but is that the access to the data is the same access apparently as to get to the uh the other side where all the like a lot of the other hosts went like they're heaven like and and i like I didn't realize that the forge was, I guess, the same thing as the like the library. Um, yeah. But I mean, I remember that I yeah, I kind of remember that being connected. But I, it seems like because it does seem like in order to get that data, they're going to have to uh, give up, you know, uh, the the heaven that those mm-hmm. hosts have have um, gone to. So that's that's a lot at stake as far as the host goes. Um, now, of course, the first few episodes, you know, Westworld being Westworld, everybody's thinking, Caleb, you know, wondering if Caleb's real, if he's a host or not. Um, if we're in future world or if we're actually in the real world, you know, there's all these like speculations. They pretty much play a straight. There's a few things that they, you know, I think short term, they they kind of fool us with. And the first one, of course, is with... Maeve. When we're introduced to Maeve, reintroduced to her, she's in uh, War World, which is a very cool park, very cool Delos Park, but we find out we're actually not in the Delos Park itself, but in a recreation of it because her pearl's just on the shelf, uh, you know, and it's just a, a simulation. Um, but it's very cool because we get to see Sizemore again. Uh, we get to see, uh, what's her, uh, Bo's name? Uh, oh, Hector? Yeah, thank you. Hector. Yep, and we get to see, and we and you get to see Maeve uh, kill some Nazis. So it's really cool, like that. You know, um, uh, I want to talk about about like Maeve's arc, though, and I want to start talking about character arcs now. Um, and we'll start with Maeve, just because I think it's really simple and almost too simple for Maeve. I think, I, as much as I love Tanny Newton, and I think she's one of, if not the like main stars of the show. Um, it was kind of weird because most of season one and two, we saw her uh, sort of make her own fate, you mm-hmm. know, throughout she, she more than any, any of the characters in the show was making her own fate. But this season, she's handcuffed until the very last episode. Uh, she's forced to work for Serac. Um, you know, uh, Dolores doesn't really... In, in some ways she treats her with respect, but in other ways it seems like she's not trusting her uh, because if these two could just get on the same side and they're not that far apart, you feel like they're unstoppable. But I don't think we really get true Maeve until the last episode. So it's, it's, it's yeah. kind of cool, but it's kind of frustrating. I found it frustrating too, but I have to wonder now, just, just thinking about it now, whether Dolores somehow influenced 
Sirach's choice of Maeve um, to bring to be his agent because she knew she could turn her. That's very end. You know what? I wouldn't put it past her. I would not put it past her. And of course, yeah, there's there's obviously, you know, reasons to bring Tandy Newton back because as you said, she is one of the one of the absolute strongest uh, actors. She was a question mark at the end of season two, whether we were gonna get her again. Right, because she seems, you know, she seems to die happy knowing that her daughter has has reached the uh the AI heaven. Um what was they were they were calling it something new this season or I what what uh Bernard was calling it at the end, I I don't quite remember. Uh they um, were they were talking about it in forms of like it was the key. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. And it but it was interesting because Maeve is one of the most powerful you know, in the when she's in Westworld yeah. she, and everything. But she has but it was interesting to see when she was in the real world, she had to adapt to that. And she then learned to, that she's able to take over technology there too. Mm-hmm. But she's and she couldn't control, of course, the humans. But it was that one episode where she was on a tear. And she was going for the Undertaker, and then she mm-hmm. went, went to the, I guess it was uh, a, she has the Yakuza, the, the brew, the brewery, yeah. and she controlled their guns, which had like an auto aim or something. Yeah, and it was just like taking out everyone left and right. It was just awesome. <laughs> yeah, and the the thing about it is, is yeah, I totally, totally, one hundred percent buy that Dolores influenced Sirac's choice of Maeve. Uh, Maeve has something that Dolores doesn't, namely that ability to control hosts, to control technology. Dolores doesn't have that skill. Everything that Dolores is doing is she's either doing herself or she's using some form of technology. She doesn't have that same level of, I wave my hand and you do what I want. Um, It's, and I think in that sense, you also, because Dolores plans for everything. literally everything Dolores planned for so out of all the people if she couldn't make it to the end she leaving Caleb in the care of Maeve is the next best option if she herself cannot be there Maeve is also a similar take no prisoners what do you want to do you know kind of person and we see that at the very very end of the show So the one that actually does wind up being the wild card is um, Charlotte Hale, who is is a version of Dolores, yes. who goes through some very different things. And I found that one of the most interesting concepts of the season that, you know, two, what starts out as two versions of the same AI go in mm-hmm. such different ways. Yeah, I um, did- it was devastating, really. Yeah, no, I, that, and that's, yeah, I want to get to that too. I mean, obviously, and yeah, we'll talk about, uh, yeah, we'll just jump right in and talk about Dolores because, yeah, the mis- the big mystery, who are the pearls? Who are the pearls? Who are the pearls? We find out that they're all Dolores. <laughs> like, 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 didn't see that coming. Like, <laughs> thanks, Nolan and Joy, you know, and I didn't know how I felt about that because a part of me was like, okay, that's brilliant. And the other part of me was like, well, damn, because, you know, you get attached to all those people in the park those characters in the park and now you're you're told that four of them that you thought were coming back are not um Mm -hmm. and uh but we do see some interesting things i mean you know we haven't seen the real charlotte hale since season two 
so every time we see Charlotte, it's not real Charlotte. And, you know, they, they decide to give her a backstory with a family, uh, which was an interesting choice because I didn't feel like that real Charlotte Hale had a family at all. <laughs> <laughs> nor was really, the kind of person yeah. that would record a message that say like, I love you to her son, like at the, at the uh, massacre or whatever, but yet there it is. Uh, so, um, but the dynamic of the Charlotte and Dolores conflict within that character, I mean, give Tessa Thompson something to do. And she, she rises as like the third most important character slash actor in this, in this yeah yeah she she absolutely knocked that one out of the park uh i mean it's her struggling with the different like the dichotomy of this is what i am supposed to do versus this is the situation i'm in and i don't know how to deal with this i have suddenly i have i have a kid i have a husband i'm not sure how i feel about this um and then for her to go to kind of just like find kind of find her niche and then you think everything is good we're gonna we're gonna maybe get through this and then and then boom happens and (laughs) and I I was just yeah I think that was the point where I was watching it on my laptop and I was like holy crap and my roommate's like what are you okay and I'm like you know we just was not expecting the boom um yeah I think Dolores asks to you know expects too much of Charlotte, whereas the other copies of herself, she gives kind of more predictable roles, you know, leave the the Yakuza. Um, I love how Lawrence shows up at the end to rescue Bernard. That's, I always love to see that guy. (laughs) The the last Dolores standing, I guess, uh, in some ways. Um, um, Yeah, and and Bethany, to your point, it made made me laugh when you said that, you know, Maeve has the ability to control her host. Dolores doesn't. So what does Dolores do? The next best thing, she makes them all herself. Like, she, like, (laughs) and she still can't control them. (laughs) Yeah, and it's it's really interesting. It plays back more into, you know, some of the central themes of the show is nature versus nurture. And, like, the learning possibility, especially when you're dealing with, like, such a sophisticated AI like this, you know, the learning ability of the, yeah, I may have started from the same basic place as you, but we have different experiences now. So that's going to inform my decisions. These, this is kind of informing what I'm doing, how I'm doing. And they all know that they're in danger. Like Charlotte knows that she's in danger and is wrestling with that because she knows if she messes up at all it's you know it's going to go very badly for her oh that Um, one scene though when she started carving into herself because she she was like i don't want to be this person i wanted to somehow destroy myself yeah you could could totally see it and then she went to you know to the hotel and the scenes like why did you put me in this body why especially her it was just so heartbreaking yeah i mean i like to think that that's the part of dolores that teddy fell in love with um but uh but yeah no it was really super fascinating and then to have the art her arc end up where it did because she's she got pushed to a point where she's like all right 
we're I'm just going to burn the world down. Right. Mm-hmm. We're exactly. going to do what we thought Dolores was setting out to do. When yeah. Dolores was the one who ultimately had compassion for humanity. Which, and, and the whole thing, because I'm jumping tracks for just a second, yeah. the whole thing with her and William at the end mm-hmm. was really, really interesting because at the very, very end of season two, we get that little tidbit of William and Emily and the same thing that we've been seeing, you know, with the project mm-hmm. of the, with the immortality project. And you don't really get to see that pay really, really pay off until that last scene where they bring the other William out. And so they've just, just, you know, he's been perfected to the point where we don't need the original copy anymore. Yeah. And it's well, and the original copy is a liability now. Like, yeah, yeah. The, the, it's it's easier to have this because we don't. I don't really know if we don't know yet if the William at the end is a hybrid, kind of like Bernard, mm-hmm. or because Bernard's uh, a hybrid. Um, Charlotte is a Charlotte Dolores hybrid, um, and we don't know what the case of is the new Man in Black uh, William. Uh, I gotta okay. say, I was so sick of William after season two, and I really was not happy seeing him again. Now, I would have like if he'd stayed where Dolores put him, I would have been happy with that. I would have wanted to see though the one scene though when he was in under the AI and mm-hmm. he was having therapy with his whole with himself. It's like, but we already, you know, we spent the. I feel like we spent way too long, you know, trying to figure out why is. Why is William such a dick? He's just a dick. <laughs> he's just a dick. Yeah. And I found him, so I found him as useless in this season as Yul Brenner was in Future World, which was he was basically just there so they could put him in the preview so people would think, oh, the man in black is back. And nice he's in callback. one dream sequence. Nice callback. Mm. Um, <laughs> I, I, uh, yeah, well, and we find that that's the thing I think about this season is that a lot of the characters, I was kind of ending at this with Maeve and with Charlotte a little bit, um, certainly with Bernard and with the Man in Black, is that they're, they don't really get their own stories per se. Mm-hmm. Uh, that Dolores is the star of this season by far. She's in control. She's in charge of everything. Uh, everything, everybody else is moving to her plan. And ultimately, it's her end uh, at yeah. the end of this. Um, and and I find that Maeve doesn't wake up until the last episode. And then I'm looking forward to seeing what she's doing in season four. The same thing with Bernard. Bernard, Bernard yeah. sleeps through most of this story as well. He has right, some funny it's... moments with Stubbs. But and let, until you get <laughs> to that last scene with uh, with him and his... And his and, uh, his ex-wife like that's a powerful scene um but ultimately it's like nope you'll we'll get to bernard next season like yeah i did really interesting stuff with bernard's gonna happen next bernard was treading water but at least we get the answer for why dolores brought him back because she needed a place to hide the key yes that wasn't her yeah yeah and she knew for a fact she knew for a fact that it couldn't be her and it couldn't be any of her copies. It had to go to the one person who absolutely positively would not turn it over, would not do... Absolutely. The person who trusts her the, the least. 
Yeah. And, and is, is terrified of being controlled by her. Yeah. Such that he keeps compulsively running checks on himself. Yeah. And so that's why, and then that's why she placed the key in him because she knew what they were after. And she, she knew that, you know, there, this had the possibility to go to where she, she might not make it to the end. So she didn't have, so she took that decision out of her own hands. And that's, I think that's probably one of the smartest things she's ever done. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was also really, really interesting because, because again, this is, no one's going to look for it in Bernard's head. Bernard, as far as we know. Apparently nobody goes to a hotel room. Like that's a junkie hotel room. <laughs> yeah, clean, I don't know how much that's that is. For, year, for, for years. Mm. <laughs> the thing is, is I want to say that they picked the mot- that they picked this motel, right? And then something cataclysmic happened to the entire town. That is true. Things were blowing up. It's true. No, no, no. It's true. It's just, it's just funny because I'm like, yeah. like oh, yeah. no maid service in this hotel room <laughs> whatsoever. Like, like oh, yeah. I don't know how. I mean, because it's years, right? I mean, that oh, yeah. takes a while it for has, that amount, it of, has to be years. amount of dust to like gather. Well, no, no. The the amount of not just the amount of dust, but also the accumulation of like dirt. Yeah. So <laughs> I sat there and went, okay. So this is so season four is going to be sometime down the road. Um. I mean, granted, you know, t- time in Westworld is always kind of a crapshoot. Yeah. So uh, we're hoping from um, predicted total collapse in either twenty-five or thirty-five years. I don't remember, but it was shorter. It was not that long term. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, so, but it's, inter- it's, it's also, also interesting because does that mean Stubbs is still in the tub? You know, just yes. like oh yeah, oh yeah. No one's, yeah, no one's come to clean him. So yeah. I hope Steps is still there. Oh, yeah. And and that was one of the funniest parts is because I I was um, chatting with Gary Mitchell, who uh, we do reaction chats mm-hmm. at each other for Westworld. Cool. Um, he, yeah, the, the amount of chats that are just ex- exclamation points yeah, or <laughs> question marks. Um, but that, that was one point where I was like, dude, I told you. I told you. I'm like, there's no way you come back from what he came back from in season one and not be a host. This is yep. not possible. So, well, we kind of found out at the end of season two, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, and then, oh, yeah, and then for some reason he's decided to try to off himself, and uh, well, because well, he completed like, his mission. Yeah, I don't see. That's there's a couple unresolved things. One of the things that was unresolved that I that I. I don't know. I guess it doesn't matter now. But Serac mentioned to Maeve that he had someone else working at Delos that was uh, on his side. And we never figure out who that is. I thought he just meant Charlotte. Or did he mean in addition to Charlotte? In, a, in addition some, to Charlotte. Yeah, because somebody got Maeve out. Like, whoever yeah. got Maeve out? Yeah. Like, we don't know who that was. And I don't think it matters now. But... Uh, I, I, th- I think that's a I think that's a season four question that's going to get answered. To be honest, it could be. Uh, um, I mean, we don't we don't know. I mean, I kind of hope Sarek's still around. Like, I mean, he did. We don't really see him die, die, right? But he's, he's not. not it. He's no. not really a human being anymore. True. Yeah. True. I, Although I, now he doesn't have the voice in his head, what will he? I you know, and I almost suspected going into it. I almost suspected he was a hologram the entire time which would have been so fun, but they kind of, 
Yeah, that, obviously that wasn't true. I mean, when he actually killed yeah. someone for real with a gun and all that, like, no, but, um, but yeah, I think maybe we'll get hollow Serac, like maybe in season four. Yeah. And then the, the, the other, some of the other little tips and tidbits are, you know, one of the things I kept coming back to is how much of this did Ford see coming? All of it. That's a good question. And that's <laughs> how much of this did Ford see coming? And that's why he did what he did. He structured the the event on the island that to do kind of that thing so that it causes enough instability so that hit some of his kids can get off the island. It creates enough havoc with the board of directors that stuff's going to be like in the wind for a little bit. So that kind of can stave off some of the people who are trying to steal the data. Um, because when you get to a certain point, you know, it's, you get to a certain point where it's just like delay, delay, delay. Yeah. What's um, interesting though is remembering that he meant for Maeve to get off the island at the end of season one. And that's the actual yeah. first choice she makes is to go back. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. that. Yeah. And, and that's one of those things is because how much of what Dolores was doing was cribbed from what he wanted Maeve to do. Hmm. And because how much still kind of the ghost in the machine. Yeah, the ghost mm-hmm. in the machine. Because, you know, Maeve, Maeve is a lot like, you know, a lot like Dolores in that she could slide very easily into that and no one would ever know. Um, and so, she already had the, the Wyatt personality. She already had yeah. a lot going on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it, it, it's one of those that, that how much of that was cribbed and how much of it wasn't is been really fascinating to me because a lot of this has been you know tied back to things that Ford did the way Ford structured what he did and how he did it um because you got to think he knew there was a certain point that they would not be able to keep all of that data private and I that's why that's why the heaven and the forge are like right next Mm -hmm. to each other um because to be able to get to one, you got to be able to get to the other. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So. I, uh, I miss him. I miss Ford. Uh, but, you know, I understand that that's, I mean, we'll see, you know, I mean, uh, you yeah. know, we'll talk about it later, but, um, you know, it has been announced that they get not only a fourth, but a fifth season yeah. as well. Um, oh, and so. Did they say fifth season? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. They, they announced like, yeah, they've got two, HBO wants to, wants to <laughs> put them, their contract was for like another two and they joy and nolan recently got a deal with um uh amazon but this is gonna be game of thrones all over again (laughs) but a but hbo is like no no you can go to amazon but we're gonna hold you to your your entire contract with us so that uh because westworld even though the ratings have been dipping they're still better than anything else that's on hbo so um so they're they're actually uh, pretty happy, I think. But I think we're going to get short seasons like we've been get like we got this time. Yeah. So they're not going to. Yeah, we're not going to get an extended. Well, and and the thing about it is, is you know, I would say yeah, it's going to be like Game of Thrones all over again, except that um, 
Nolan and Joy are actually competent at their jobs, so yeah. it's we're going to get a good product. And then not right. cribbing off of Martin's notes, like they're <laughs> like they're, this is their own thing, right? Yeah, they might be they might be following up with person of interest and uh, you know that kind of thing, but no, they're they're I yeah I I agree I'm not I, I still trust them. Yeah, um, I, but I want to talk I want to talk about the the big yeah I want to talk about the big finale uh, with this show with this season. And then I want to talk a look ahead to season four, which we'll probably get in, I don't know, three, five years. But um, at this point, who knows? So we'll do that after this break. Hey, everybody. Michelle here with the Iconic Rock Talk Show moment. And fortunately, fortunately, this is not a goodbye to Brian May. But um, for all of us who are feeling, you know, a little, a little fed up now that we're in like week 11, at least, of, of quarantine, you could be Brian May. I mean, he's had a very rough month of it. Um, started out with him, as reported here, um, ripping his or tearing his gluteus maximus muscle while gardening. Uh, a week later, he was still in pain and found out he had a compressed sciatic nerve. And then uh, on um, Monday, Memorial Day Monday, it was reported that he was rushed to the hospital by his own doctor. Uh, he experienced 40 minutes of uh, tightness and chest pain. Turned out he had three blocked arteries. A triple bypass was recommended. He opted to go with three stents in the heart. Um, hopefully that is, is the ticket. And, um, it's kind of sobering because if you know Brian May, you know, he's a vegetarian, never really went in for the rock and roll lifestyle, the drinking, the smoking, the drugs, um, pretty much a healthy guy and this still got him. So, uh, just a reminder to all of us to, uh, be careful and watch our health and the same to Brian May. And, um, uh, glad that was averted because that is an obituary I don't want to have to give, um, this year or anytime soon. Um, that is all for this week. As always, the blog is iconicrocktalkshow.wordpress.com. I am planning a new post uh, to go on this Wednesday. And until then, we will catch you next time. Everyone these days could use a little support. And your friends at the ESO Network are no different. With the ESO Network Patreon, the cool thing is, is when you help support us, it's you who will benefit. With four tiers starting for as little as 25 cents a week, you can listen to some of your favorite network podcasts early, hear exclusive content, maybe get some ESO swag, or even possibly take a shot at the geek seat. All you need to do is sign up at patreon.com backslash ESO network. Okay, so we're gonna try to wrap this up um, a little bit and look and look ahead. I know, I know. Um, You're so funny, and, and Mr. I Mike. And I, you know, obviously this is this is Dolores' story. We're gonna have to talk about her her end game and and probably the end of Dolores, at least as we know her. Um, any thoughts before we get into that heavy heaviness? Any other thoughts that you wanted to mention about this season? Yeah, I have a big problem with Caleb. 
<laughs> not so not the character, not the actor, but how predictable his arc was. Like I knew from the first second he gets the call from Frank from the, his first conversation with Francis that Francis is not real. Mm-hmm. I knew after we got a couple of flashbacks to Francis getting killed that that's not how Francis got killed. And just in general, you know, the the concept of, you know, yes, this soldier who you can kind of erase over and over again and reuse was done so much better in another show um, on Amazon Prime called Homecoming, which I, there's a second season now, but it's more like an anthology show. So it's not the same storyline, but the first season of Homecoming with Julia Roberts uh, created by Sam Esmail, who did uh, Mr. Robot. I cannot recommend that highly enough. Mm -hmm. I just felt like this was a, poor shadow of that idea um, and ultimately did not work for me. Hmm. Okay. Uh, Bethany, what did you think of Caleb? I, I can see where you're coming from, Felicity. Mm-hmm. I kind of walked into it knowing, th- kind of just assuming, honestly, he was another Teddy. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> he, oh, yeah. he's, he, he doesn't he's die there, as frequently. Like, he's there to be that predictable person, but because we're looking at the predictability, mm-hmm. we're seeing that we're not, it, it's kind of the magician's trick. Look over here at this thing so you don't see this other thing over here. And I, and I think, honestly, you know, as Patsy's or Stooges go, he was pretty to look at. And, um, and the actor is just amazing. So mm-hmm. Aaron Paul is fantastic. Um, but I really think, but I think she, she definitely chose him for a reason. She de- she definitely kind of lined things up so that he would realize whatever potential he had that she saw in him. And I don't think we've seen that full potential yet. I think it is literally just, just growing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that we just, he got, took a couple baby steps towards it um, at the very end of season three. And he's got Maeve to guide him the rest of the way until he can stand on his own two feet. But it is important, though, in, quote unquote, the real world, to have an actual, honest, to God, human seen as kind of the face. Yeah. Um, and I think that's, that's what he is. He's a figurehead. He's, they're, they're, they're inching him along because they can, because he is prime material. He is just biddable enough and kind of moldable enough that they can shuffle him into this thing that they want him to do. But he is also human enough and therefore reckless enough to surprise them mm-hmm. and kind of, and that kind of, I think honestly the fact that he can surprise them kind of both fascinates and excites both Dolores and Maeve. Yeah. Because they have seen so much that there, there are, not a whole lot of surprises when it comes yeah. to human behavior. Um, but I think kind of just like we saw Dolores in season one, we're building up to something that we haven't gotten just yet. I can see that. And definitely, I mean, he has the most important moment in the final episode when he makes the decision to, or when he gets control and he makes the decision to erase Rehoboam. Um and, you know, I, I definitely, you know, there does need to be a human in this role. We do need to have that contrast between, you know, does, do the humans really have any more free will than the hosts? You know, the answer in this world is no. 
and we're only getting to the point in the finale when the answer might eventually be yes. Yeah. I mean, it opens so many different questions about the character though. Anything you knew about him has to be fake mm -hmm. because of his memory, even all the way down to him being abandoned when he was eight years old or whatever at the soda shop. I think that was all, all memories planted into him. And that, yeah, and that very well could be. And season four is some of him detoxing, uh, for lack of a better phrase, from it. Um, well, the whole world's going to have to be detoxing yeah. <laughs> through all this <laughs> whole thing. We didn't even get into that. There's so much to talk about that we didn't even touch on. Oh, yeah, yeah, the the yeah. reveal. You know, when everyone gets why their there data. are multiple podcasts that yeah. talk about yeah. Like yeah. every that analyze every single episode and then some about this. So yeah, um, oh, yeah. Because but, it's there, there's that's why we dedicated this whole episode to this. Yeah, because yeah. Or there's so much. Well, yeah, I'm obsessively thinking I'm, about it a lot too. So yeah, I was gonna say that's what that's why I have the blog series that is l murder boarding, like literally going as deep as humanly possible, episode by episode, starting with season one, to just find all the different threads and tie them all back together. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, um, I also want to point out. Too though, with Caleb, as far as I, I, I yeah, I mean, I, to, just reiterate what you guys said. I mean, obviously, it's he's the everyman. Uh, you know, he's he's meant to be the everyman. Although we find out that there's a little bit more to him than that. But you know, I did think, uh, you know, no, no discredit to Aaron Paul, but I agree that it was, you know, sort of cliched. You know, the fact that he's got a sick mother. The fact that oh, he's yeah. hanging out with, uh, you know, a droid at work, you know, and just having lunch in a, in a construction job and all that kind of stuff. Like, and the fact that he was in the military and then got like, you know, screwed over and all that. Like, it just, it all, like, it was one cliche after another, after another. Yeah. Now, will be, you know, the future for Caleb is what I'm sort of interested in because I really, like, he is are like almost sole representative of humanity. Like everybody else is a host or a hybrid or something, you know, and I think, you know, if, if the future is to succeed in, in this world, then the humans are going to have to, you know, and starting with Caleb is going to have to do something that makes them worthy or else it's just going to end with yeah. the hosts in control. Yeah. I mean, we got Just a to. The planet of hosts. Yeah, I, I, I mean, we got to. The whole world will be Westworld. <laughs> well, that's, that's, how it, mean, that's how it'll end. I mean, you know, uh, <laughs> I, I, I welcome our new robot overlord. Real. <laughs> <laughs> um, just transfer my consciousness just up right on over. Um, now, yeah, I mean, Caleb's our everyman. Now, granted, do I wish Lena Waithe or Ash? could have been in his position yes because i think that would have been just kind of so much more badass because i mean the face of the rebellion is a white dude um that's so 1950s um and yeah i mean the just the different things like how does but it also with the tie-up and with the finale we get some answers into again going back to the mirrors and doors thing you know, Westworld was a mirror of this world. And so Westworld's now broken. This world is being dismantled. And what's the end product going to look like? Because, I mean, you think of, this is not just 
you know, we sent this to everybody, everybody, like everyone on the planet now knows exactly mm-hmm. what insight has on all of them and can therefore choose am I going to go this way? Am I not going to go this way? And what that's going to do to world economies, what that's, what that's going to do to, you know, the socio geopolitics. I mean, it's, um, it's much more of a one world sort of thing than anyone would really believe. And so once you take away that framework, how, how is that all going to shake itself out? Yeah, that's one thing we're definitely going to find out. But I want to talk about, before we get to it, I want to talk about how, uh, you know, we get to the destruction of it. And it, you know, like I said, it start this season starts with Dolores and it pretty much just goes through, I mean, it's her story um, more than anybody's. We think uh, certainly after the events of uh, the end of season two and going in to see this season, we think she's out to burn it all that she's just like you know screw humans and uh you know we're gonna i'm gonna just i'm gonna take down their their heart their brain in Roaboam, and you know they're they're all just let the world burn yeah but we find out in the last episode that's not exactly what she's doing i mean certainly it looks like she's doing that but she's doing it with a purpose to free the humans much in the way that she would want the host to be freed as well, that she wants freedom for her own kind, as she says, which is, you know, becoming extinct. Um, right, but the thing and, is that makes more sense with what Ford's plan was too. And she sacrifices herself to do so um, quite brutally. So um, I, even though there are, uh, we'll call them Delorei still out there. <laughs> um, I, I, I definitely got the feeling of finality. Uh, obviously, if if nothing else, this is the this is the final like story for this is the end of the Dolores Abernathy that we've known for three seasons. Whether we see Evan Rachel Wood again, I don't know. Uh, as some other Dolores, there's some obviously some ways they could bring her back, but. Um, I'm kind of with this storyline, I'm kind of okay with, with saying goodbye to Dolores. Um, how do you guys feel? Yeah, I agree. I'm always, I don't know. I'm a little more ruthless. I think <laughs> when it comes to yes, other we affairs, know. Like we know. people who, She's who the been woman very in upset black. about character deaths, I think when it's done well and their story is complete, then I'd rather have that satisfying end than have them, oh, you know, have them miraculously come back yet another time. So I'm, I think this is a good end for Dolores. You know, there is the question, there's, we don't know what happens to, to the Lawrence, Dolores. <laughs> the Lawrence, I love that. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, but, oh, also, but this isn't the end, you know, they're not going extinct because Charlotte Hale is, She's cranking them out. A whole mess of them <laughs> she's cranking them out. Yeah. For, for what for what purpose we don't know, but yeah. I'd like to think that she's going to reopen the parks because I'd like to see some bit of Westworld in the mm. series. Um, West, we'd like to see Westworld, Westworld in Westworld. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, but uh, Bethany, what about you? What? Uh, how do you feel about the end of Dolores? I think. Like, Are you like, not buying it? <laughs> well, uh, you were talking about how, how the character arcs and we get some tied up here. I, I think 
some of what um, some of what we're seeing, like, yeah, no, this Dolores completely served her purpose. She knew it might take her out in the end, and she was okay with that. Um, and you see the seeds of that when she hits the button for the EMP pulse for Solomon. And so you know she's not going to make it out. So that's why, again, she transfers everything over to Caleb. So it's not actually her. It's Caleb. And they're not going to see Caleb coming. Not the way, well, not the way that, you know, they would they would think. Right. Um, and so we get, we do get kind of that satisfying conclusion for Dolores. We also get, Bernard also comes more into himself he's because he's integrating with himself like a little more he's also got the closure from his bernard life from his bernard arnold, arnold life Wood. yeah bernard so he, yeah so so he's got that closure now so now he can move forward because that's always been keeping him back yeah yeah so and of course, Maeve is just going to continue. Maeve is going to be Maeve. and taking names, um, for for forever yeah, and ever. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> um, <laughs> so that's the that's going to be the really interesting thing about it, because to a certain extent, a lot of the hosts are are in fact, you know, freed, because they're somewhere that no one can reach those personalities again, up until whatever bernard's gonna do happens and we don't know what that's gonna look like yet and i'm i honestly just can't wait to see what it's gonna look like because i walked into this season thinking this is gonna be the last season we're gonna tie everything up yeah i i think this is a the 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 end of this Mm -hmm. dolores i think she she got she fulfilled her purpose um she got to the to the end of her line she realized she was not going to continue forward and she was okay with that i mean we see that the seeds for that in when you know she's missing an arm and hits the emp pulse so that caleb can leave because at this point ultimately she's not the priority caleb is um and that's that's a fascinating uh little tidbit that's that's been built into her her programming um and i think she's okay with that is because again she knows mave's going to be there if caleb winds up in trouble um and Maeve is just as capable as she is sometimes more so um and that's so she can go fully satisfied we also get closure Bernard also gets closure for his Bernard slash Arnold life when he talks to Mrs. Weber and he gets that closure so now he can move forward because that's always been something that's been keeping him back so it's gonna be real interesting to see where they take this in season four. So, mm-hmm. do you think? Uh, but I mean, do you think that Evan Rachel Wood is done? Do you think? Do you want her to be done? Do you think where we might get like? Because I, I, w- I would imagine that if we do get a Dolores moment or Evan Rachel Wood returning, it'll be kind of like uh, Ford return. Like we'll get him for a scene or an episode, but that a flashback maybe. But that. I think I think as far I think they've they've really passed the torch here. Yeah. Yeah, either either in flashbacks or hell, uh, you know, the AI that talks to Caleb in his ear could just be could just take on Dolores' voice. And you know, we could get it that way. So 
Mm -hmm. Kind of like a Jarvis type thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine if we don't see her again. I'm fine if we see a flashback or something. Right. But I see that her. I think her story is. Do you think so, Mike? No, I agree completely. I think they've set it up now. That's going to be Charlotte yeah. versus Bernard, completely. And I think that's where this next season's going to go. And it's going to be interesting to see how many years have passed. And because you don't even know how long has, of yes. time has passed when William found uh, yeah. Charlotte at the end yeah. either. You know, well, but... that that seems to have happened pretty quickly because they mm -hmm. mentioned the uh, sort of chaos outside yeah. um, a little bit. So I, I, I and I think he went there right after he got, you know, had had the meeting with the, his lawyer or whatever. So I feel like that happened pretty quickly. A lot quicker mm -hmm. than the Bernard thing. Oh, yeah. Because then if that's the case, how much, you know, how many of the replicants mm -hmm. have than Charlotte made and yeah, hosts, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> uh, you know, to me, mm -hmm. you know, this is what Blade Runner would yeah. have been if the replicants would have had a plan. Pretty much. <laughs> True. I think that's and everything. Think, so yeah. it was I think that's the purpose of her awesome. bringing and I William the think, man in black. Back, you know, though, this so set it up perfectly. I, Caleb is the wild card but yeah, I can, in this whole thing I can see right that now. perhaps happening. And especially because he has Maeve with him. So mm -hmm. it just occurred to me as we were talking that there is one other way that we could see Evan Rachel Wood come back. And that's if uh, Charlotte as Dolores decides to reskin her at some point just to mess with our, our heroes. I could totally yeah, see that true. coming. And that, yeah. I would I would actually not mind seeing that at all to see to see uh, Charlotte just bring back you know sweet Dolores with that you know <laughs> girl next door face and the and the blue dress and everything well maybe just as a last ditch hail Mary or something I mean we don't know yet but it would be a hail Dolores yeah there's definitely Ooh. that possibility oh <laughs> so all right so let's uh, let's talk about I'm I'm excited for the next season um, in a way that I mean I was excited <laughs> for season three but I think um, despite the fact that you know this was this was a shorter season for Westworld for me um, and. As much as I enjoyed it, I have to say that uh, even though, like, I I enjoyed a lot, I enjoyed the stories, I enjoyed the characters, etc. I I was satisfied with Dolores's arc. Um, I felt like some of the other characters were there, just sort of spinning their wheels for most of it until the end, and uh, that there there was not that that episode or story, like there wasn't that singular episode or multiple episodes. I thought this is the best thing I've ever seen. There were scenes that that happened. Uh, there was things that they tried that I didn't think worked as well. The whole genre thing, just want to forget about that. Like, I don't think that really worked as well as they had hoped it would. Um, but um, overall I enjoyed it and I'm looking forward to, like I said, season four big time because like, yeah, the uh, I'm curious as to like everybody is up for grabs as far as what their goals are, what's going to happen. Um, this, whether it's going to take place in the quote unquote real world, what it's going to take, if there's going to be a park uh, scenario. Um, it's just, I just really want to know where we can get a dragon so, uh, from. Does that all get blown up 
on the way out, or <laughs> they still have that dragon somewhere. Well, <laughs> we know that. We know that. Well, I uh, think probably one of my, I think probably one of my favorite parts. Um, I mean, the genre thing actually I found kind of cool, but that's also I'm a science fiction fantasy writer, and that kind of was like I was like, huh, I think I could take that idea and work a short story or seven out of that. Um, just that. I like the idea. I just don't think it was played out as well as they have played out some things, but go ahead. But uh, no, I think some of it just Mm -mm. came down to like some of the internal world building, like insight built this thing. So we're not all drones. There's enough randomness to make, to not trigger the sense that, you know, our human brains would immediately go, Oh, Hey, there's something wrong here. Everything is a little too perfect. Um, but I also crack up every single time thinking that that the app that Caleb and Ash and some of the others are using is called Rico. And I just yeah. like every time I was just like, I, I'm, you know, someone, someone doing this has a sense of humor and, and I deeply appreciate that, that attention to detail right there. Um, Cause if you caught it um, and you know what like a Rico what Rico is when it comes to like law enforcement and legal proceedings, it's really, really funny. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm really excited to see where they take season four. Cause I mean, we've unmade one world. We're in the process of unmaking the next world. So what, what comes next? You know, is yeah, it, what's, what's the world look like? Yeah. Do, is it that we have to go back to the parks because the parks is the only safe refuge left? I mean, what's, What's this all going to look like? Oh, very true. And was it just, you know, in the big cities? What happened around the world also? it's There's so much to ask about it. One thing I wanted was thinking about, though, you know, how Westworld was this island in the China Sea, I guess. And you remember how people get there by train, though? Are there tunnels going to it? Or is it, you know, a train to a boat? You know, type thing. Because you remember Maeve got onto the train to go back to uh, the mainland in last season. And so... Yeah, I'm thinking that they were probably under, they were probably under sea tunnels. You know, yeah, exactly. I know that the security oh. is crap. I mean, it's pretty easy yeah. to sneak yeah. in. <laughs> well, security's crap now. I mean, uh, the security was pretty good when we first originally found it. Um, the tiger was able to like go wherever it wanted. <laughs> <laughs> well, but yeah, but again, that was that was when that was when all the like the security and the walls started coming down. So I like, you know, I think when it comes to that, I think actually like they like flew in or came in to, like the docks. And then boarded a train that took them to like the main maze, yeah, wherever park they wanted and then, to go. Yeah, and yeah, so it's like you get you get off the plane, you know, and then you hit the train, and the train is just the internal um, people mover, you know, just like just like Disneyland has their people mover um, from park to park. So that at least that's what I always figured it was. I mean, you know, <laughs> you know, if it's not broke, don't fix it. So. <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of analogies to Disney and uh, theme parks in general and Jurassic Park, of course, uh, which they, I oh, guess, yeah. technically they can't make any, like they wanted, they, I, I, I saw an interview and they said they wanted to make some uh, some uh, Jurassic Park references, like stronger ones, but they just, they, mm-hmm. legally they can't. So 
so that uh, you know the the hint that they were going to send the uh, mm-hmm. the dragon off to the dinosaur island or this other island was uh, was an, all they could get mm-hmm. it exactly. Um, well, then again, I mean, Westworld is also the your scientists were so focused on if they could do it that they <laughs> didn't stop to think yeah. if they should only applied to people. So I don't know. I think we've uh, these a lot of these folks have considered if they should do it. Um, uh, at least they have they have they seem to have plans. Almost every single person behind this technology seems to have had some sort mm-hmm. of plan in foresight. So mm-hmm. um, which is pretty uh, pretty scary in and of itself. Yeah. But yeah, and of course, one of the things that I don't I don't recall this getting actually mentioned in show, but the reason Insight was able to do what they were able to do is that they came in right before the ironclad privacy laws went into effect. Mm-hmm. And that's how they were able to get around, you know, essentially being the Facebook one world god or whatever. Yeah. yeah. All right. So final words on season three. I think it started strong, ended strong. I felt like it flagged a little bit in the middle. Some characters, like we mentioned, were kind of treading water, especially Bernard. Um, I watched the finale again. It's just so damn long, and there's so much fighting in it that I got got kind of bored by the end. And then there's two post-credit sequences. So um, I think that could have been tightened up but you know with a, with a, a shorter season i think that they did a pretty good job of maintaining the arc and i definitely found it more satisfying than season two as a whole and um you know not perfect but but i did enjoy it it definitely left me wanting more oh you froze bethany oh sorry uh to to quote one of my 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 personal <laughs> role models uh boom happens boom always happens um and we definitely got some really exciting moments in season three. Um, we got, you know, just from the get-go, it was it was like nonstop. The, the pace flagged a little in the middle, but at the same point, I'm I'm willing to go with it because, you know, just like as a writer, I can see where a lot of what we see is flagging right now is really possibly just set up for for stuff that's going to pay off in season four. I mean, we had stuff in this season that got dropped back, like in season one, that is only just now being pay, paying off. So I'm, and you know, I'm willing to 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 keep going with it because they've they've shown me, you know, that that uh, if I'm patient enough, you know, we'll we'll eventually we'll eventually get there. Um, which is not something I can say for like 99.9% of the people who create TV um, that isn't this show. So. It's, I really love the character bits that we got. I loved getting to see the outside world. Um, there is so much there that I just keep wanting to dive into. And I'm halfway through my, my second viewing of the season now. Um, and yeah, I'm really excited for season four. Excellent. Let's, let's see, let's see what else can, can, can happen. Excellent. Mike? I have to agree with what everyone says, but... No, I know I don't have to. <laughs> You're not programmed. You you don't have to keep falling in the no, same loop. No, the thing is, oh, I stay in my own loop, dude. Trust me. 
Yeah, he, he's See, exactly. following his programming. I, just, I go on my own path, and you know that. And the thing is, the scenes where everybody started finding out what they had on humanity was breathtaking. Even to the scene where when William was in the hospital and they were carrying him down the hall, you saw into the doctor's office and you saw that she was standing on a desk and you knew what was coming that she hung when she hung herself and just, you know, it's just, mm-hmm. it was just like, Oh man, you know, this is just horrid. What, you know, all these secrets, all, you know, the look of horror on the parents' face when they saw what was going to happen to the child and, you know, that the child was going to be, you know, with some kind of disease or something. And it was just like, it was, there was just so much humanity falling apart around everybody. And do I think that's possible? It's that's up to Facebook. So, and, you know, it's, you know, pretty much almost what's, this a lot of this was very much what could happen and you know even the technology we're on the brink of where they are were and everything probably we're 20 years away from where they're at at the most and that was really what was so more breathtaking about this and the scenery the cinematography the season was fantastic this show has always done well oh, with yeah. cinematography when they were in Westworld, when they were, you know, last season, the episode with the Indians and, you know, or then to this season, all the location shooting they were doing to make it all look all modern and everything was just awesome. There were even a couple uh, scenes of places that they shot for Doctor Who. So it was pretty cool to see. Mm-hmm. And I just, I enjoyed all that. Character-wise, Caleb, eh, he was predictable. I pretty much called it almost from the first episode. I just couldn't get, you know, Jesse Pinkman out of my head. And that's part of the problem with him. And, but it, he was good. Um, the the regular cast, I loved, you know, all the different scenes. I loved the interactions with Bernard and you know, it was, that was fun. Um, the man in black, I could have done without, I was hoping they would just leave him in the Island in his own little personal hell. And that would have been great. That would have been a great ending for me, but I'm very curious to see is Charlotte now going to be the mustache twirling villain next season. You know, (laughs) I've got all my army behind me and Bernard is going to be the savior. Who knows? And that's what I love about this show. And, you know, at least I don't feel like I want to drop the series anymore. Well, that's good. Uh, That's good. And I hope a lot of other people feel that way as well. Um, I uh, totally on board this season. Um, I still feel it's best show that I'm watching uh, when it's on. Uh, It's the smartest show. Um, As you guys have pointed out, um, it's not only the smartest show, but it's the most well-produced show. The music, the cinematography, the location, the casting, everybody doing their job to uh, an nth degree to make this show look, feel, smell, sound as spectacular as it does. Uh, I, I, I mean, it just, 
the yeah the like you pointed out mike the location shots this year i mean they they made i mean the future is now and they proved it because the places that they shot in spain and singapore and la they exist like the future is now um and accidentally the future is now here i am watching this show about you know people getting upset about you know breaking their loops and 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 being forced on other loops and and while we're going through what we're going through i mean it was a weird time to be watching westworld uh in some ways it was a an appropriate time to be watching westworld um i don't think they could have predicted that you know that the the atmosphere which we would be watching this was in a lot of ways very similar what what the kind of future that they're talking about and the kind of the yeah. questions that they're raising. Since you mentioned the music, I, I forgot like one of my favorite things. I, I'm a sucker for a good music cue. And when you had that fight club moment with Caleb and uh, Maeve and they're playing kind of the instrumental version you know, of the Pink Floyd song and then they, yeah. they come out with brain damage. And I just loved that. That was so perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the music definitely. And then, yeah, to go back to what you were saying about the cinematography. Yeah, the moment, there's always moments in the show where I have to like stop and I just catch my breath because something just is just like overwhelming at that moment. And the one that keep, that, that keeps sticking with me is when we find out what happened to Paris. Oh, yeah. Like, because you, you, you see that happen and that's, and I mean. Oh, and Surratt's flashback and was awesome. to see yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, just to see that and like be like like my garden said in this particular climate when you know it's the perpetual mm-hmm. will they won't they from one of the Koreas. I mean that I just sat there and went, Oh, okay, we're really not pulling any punches. Yeah, I can only imagine with the everything that we've been going through, uh, you know, when Nolan and Joy sit down and, and organize the next season, what they're gonna use as far as uh, experience for that uh, is going to be yeah. um, intense. So uh, I'm looking forward to more as always. Uh, I guess in the meantime, I might have to, you know, branch out and watch devs. Cause I keep hearing that that's like a similar theme show that uh, is worthy of attention. So I'll have to give that a shot. Uh, but in the meantime, yeah, make mine Western. Mm-hmm, so, exactly. Thank you guys so much for uh, discussing this season with us and uh, we'll be right back and we'll close out the show. Welcome to Geek Girl's Take. I'm your host, Angela, and this week, this Geek Girl is talking about what we do in the shadows, the TV series, episodes one and two. I love the movie What We Do in the Shadows. It was silly, it had fun characters, and it was an interesting documentary format while being a movie, not actually a documentary. I finally got around to watching the first two episodes of the first season. Yeah, I know, I'm really late to the game on this. I really enjoyed what I have seen so far. They um, easily have the same feel as the movie, right from the start for the TV show, The characters are ridiculous enough that you want to see what they do and what will happen to them. And the effects for the Baron and the werewolves are really awesome. I am so happy this show has such a great budget 
and are able to make a really silly show with amazing effects. The storyline follows four vampires and their daily, or I guess nightly, lives in the new world, being America. You also see how a vampire's familiar is treated and how he reacts to his life living and serving the vampires. There are a lot of great moments in the first few episodes of the show, but I really loved how Nadja, the female vampire, felt so sorry for the LARPer girl and related to how she, how she was being treated by her male counterparts. So that really just spoke to me because it's very relatable. Well, I'm really, really looking forward to finishing season one and seeing what they have in store for this show. Well, thanks for listening to A Geek Girl's Take. What will I talk about next week? Well, you're going to have to listen to find out. So that's going to wrap up another episode of the Earth Station One podcast. I want to thank our guests for being here tonight. Bethany, thank you, thank you for being here. Yeah, always a pleasure, Mike. Always a pleasure, especially for Westworld. Of course. Anything you want to shout out about or you want to promote? Um, be kind, be cool, you know. Live and long and prosper. <laughs> live, long and prosper live long and prosper and, you know, just be safe, y'all. It's oh, a great where's that, where's for, that blog that you uh, dive into Westworld with all the... Uh, oh, um, yeah, 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 come on. Um, yes, the, the Westworld murder birding project is on, the, is on my blog, um, deejgray.com, D-E-E-J-Gray.com. Um, it's slow going, but uh, the first two episodes of season one are up, and I'm really looking forward to... To how else that plays out. If you ever want to repost it on Earth Station One's website, we would love to have you. Cool, cool. Awesome. And of course, Felicity, thank you as always. Thank you for having me. This was a really fascinating discussion. And as always, when we're discussing such a rich show, um, I think of new things just as we're talking and I learn a lot um, from talking to you guys. So Thanks very much for having me. I'll have, and, uh, I'll have all my questions thought up later, so I'll, I'll, I'll edit it in after the show. <laughs> Anything good way you to wanna, sound yeah, exactly. Anything you want to shout out about? Um, Just uh, on the Flopcast, it's silliness in Chicken Town as usual. We're trying to keep it light and fun in these times. We're focusing again on, you know, it's... It's the uh, it's an anniversary year of 1980, which is a very important year in our lives. So we're we're talking about a lot of television, movies, cartoons, and stuff from 1980. That is awesome. That is, and of true. course, chickens. Of course, what what else would it be? It has to be <laughs> some chickens around here. That is awesome. And of course, Mr. Mike Gordon. As always, it's my pleasure. Anything you got to shout out about, my friend? Uh, well, you know, when it comes to Westworld, I know I've mentioned this before, but I have to give a shout out to uh, the two podcasts that I listen to religiously when it comes to uh, when it comes to Westworld. And uh, one, is, uh, one of those is Decoding Westworld with Joanna and David. Uh, unfortunately, they are not sure they're going to be back as far as whenever Westworld comes back, and we don't even know when that's going to be. So, uh, but they've got a new series on a podcast that they're going to do pretty soon, and uh, it's about 
I wish I could think of the name of it right now, but I'm going to show up. I'm going to make sure it's in the show notes that the link for it is in the show notes because it's going to talk about movies or TV shows that happen during real life events and comparing reality to the, the, the fiction. So uh, they should be uh, doing a good job with that. And the other podcast is still watching, which is also uh join us also on that one. It's part of um, uh, it's part of a series that's done with Vanity Fair and uh, they're actually, they go from show to show. So now that they're done with Westworld, they are uh, reviewing, I think Miss, Miss America, is that the show on FX? Mm-hmm. FX? Yeah. Um, so, and they, they are loving that. I have not tuned in to that show yet, but uh, they are saying that that one is an amazing show. So I might have to give that a try. But uh, I do appreciate them, as well as all the people like Bethany, who uh, talk about and analyze Westworld all year long. That is awesome. And she does a great, great job at it, folks, which is really nice. And the podcasts Mike speak of, I've listened to religiously. He gave me ideas, what to talk about, how to do the program this podcast tonight so it worked out perfectly so my shout out goes out to another tv show that i've been watching i talked about it up when we would up on the other podcast that we just came out with called the eso board silly which is part of patreon but i've been watching this tv show which is called upload it is on amazon and it is by the creators of the office and it is amazing. It was a lot of fun. It's not what you expect. And it's basically the story about for people who are on their way to die, they're able to upload their consciousness onto a hard drive and basically live in continue living in a virtual world where they can actually even communicate with the living. And it's very interesting. There's some plots to it, and I don't want to spoil it, but check it up. It's up on Amazon, and it starts off being all cutesy and everything, and it goes from there. And it's a lot of fun. I highly recommend it. And it's only, I think I think it's only eight episodes, and they're 30 minutes each. So it's definitely worth checking out. Cool. So definitely a lot of fun. Uh, definitely, folks... You know, if you're getting out there and trying to integrate back into society, all the power to you. If you are, you know, trying to still quarantine yourself, all the power more to you. You'll be the ones who are safe. And just wanted to thank everybody who's been writing us, everyone who's been supporting us, who's been listening to us. We thank you, thank you, thank you. And we do appreciate it. And, you know, it's just always nice to know people are out there. And just know that Mike and I will be here for you weekly. And speaking of being here weekly, how we can we get? We are going to do a random geek talk next week. So we'll just be talking just about anything. And probably have a couple friends up here who, you know, we haven't talked to for a while. And it'll just be, it'll be nice to do. And, you know, we definitely would love to hear from you guys. And EarthStation1 at ESONetwork.com. Why do I keep on doing that? So it's just tattooed on my forehead from now on. I'll have our email address. Every time I look in the mirror, I'll see it. But until then, my name is Mike Faber. Take care of yourselves. Be safe. Love to your family. Hugs from all of us here at EarthStation1. And we'll see you here next time. Peace. And we are done. Boom. You've been listening to the Air Station One podcast, a show by fans for fans. 
If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to our show up on iTunes or wherever fine podcasts are found. While you're up there, please rate us and remember to leave feedback. It would greatly be appreciated. And remember to tell your friends all about us while you're at it. Earth Station One is available on most social media sites where you can join some really great topics or chats. Help support our show by shopping through our Amazon.com link or purchasing very cool ESO Network clothing and merchandise at our Tee Public store. Links to both are found on the top of our ESO Network webpage. Become a patron of the ESO Network by backing us up on Patreon for as little as 25 cents a week. Go to patreon.com slash ESO Network to sign up. We want to hear from you. Please write us at earthstation1 at esonetwork.com or call us at 404-963-9057. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time here on the Earth Station One podcast. Peace, and we're done. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the TeePublic store which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.